Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia. Listen up. WinBet is now live in all these states, and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free $1,000 sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. All right, guys, we are in. It is 6.07 Mountain Time. I apologize for being a second late. The traffic in the rain in Seattle on the 5 is never ideal, um, especially when you're heading. I have to travel through uh, central Seattle to get home. So not great, but here we are. And you know what is great? It's Tuesday night, building the Broncos. And that means I am joined by Carl Dumbler. How are you doing, Carl? It's good to see you. I'm doing well, man. It's been a, it's been a good day. It's nice and warm here. Got to, to get out and get some sunshine and, you know, coming off Broncos victory on Sunday where they just dismantled the other team. I know a lot of people are like, it's Detroit, but beating them by 28 points is still something, you know, and, and it was an emotional day, but it was, it was just really cool to see. And so I'm, I'm flying high Broncos still in the playoff hunt, man. Yeah. What else could we want? Uh, maybe better quarterback play or an owner. Yeah, that okay. Just okay. Open Pandora's box immediately. Listen up, Broncos country. TickPick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. TickPick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast and the Blue Wire Network. Denver Broncos football is finally back, and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Broncos tickets anymore because TickPick, that's T-I-C-K, P-I-C-K is the original no-fee ticket site and the only one you'll ever need as your go-to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge, which lets them guarantee the best prices on all of their NFL tickets. Don't believe it? If you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site, TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. That's right, guys. When we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for Week 3 at home, Broncos versus Jets. Tick Pick had us locked down. So visit TickPick.com slash huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. Amen. And let's say hello to some people in the chats here. We got George Newton coming in. Uh, good evening to you, George. Great to see you. Does anyone really believe this team can win the last four? I mean, anything is possible, but this team has been inconsistent to say the least. Happy Tuesday, everyone. You know, the Broncos got four games in front of them and every single one of these teams that the Broncos go against, I feel like they match up decently. Uh, none of these teams have absolutely brawling offensive and defensive lines. That has been an issue for the Broncos this season. When the Broncos can't bully opposing teams, when they get bullied, Broncos end up losing. That's been pretty consistent so far this season. None of the chargers are a little bit soft in both sides of the line of scrimmage outside of Joey Bosa. Bengals have been really good against the run this year. We're going to get down the line, probably more into this Bengals team. This is going to be an interesting matchup, but the Raiders look pretty soft on both sides of the line of scrimmage right now. Uh, and uh, the Chiefs also, I mean, actually, actually their EPA per play on the run game and their run defense is actually solid, but uh, maybe that week 18 game Chiefs don't have anything to go for. So is it going to happen, George? Not probable, but it could. And it's the season of yeah. believing. So why not believe? Yeah, I'm with you. And, you know, the nice thing is, I don't think the Broncos have to win all four games to get to the playoffs. 
I think there's a decent chance if they win three, especially if they win this one against Cincinnati, mm-hmm. they stand a really good chance of being 10 and seven and making the playoffs. So uh, anything can happen. I mean, mm-hmm. I, they've played the Chargers obviously better than most anybody else in the league. Uh, Raiders are on the downhill slide. Cincinnati is, oh my goodness. I mean, they're just high variance, just like the Broncos this year. So it, it's kind of, the, the Broncos stand a chance. I'm not mm-hmm. saying it's a, a great chance, but it, it's a, still a chance. And I think they open up as a one-point favorite with Cincinnati, which means Cincinnati on a neutral field would probably be a two-point favorite. But it's in Denver. Um, and like you said, this that's a high-variance team as well as the Broncos this season. And I feel like the Broncos have actually been trending in the right direction uh, so far this season overall. And the offensive line is – you talk about the offense clicking, defense clicking, et cetera. The offensive line has put together some of their best performances of the season these last few weeks. So uh, got to feel good about that. We got Miguel coming in here with the Stars. Thank you so much, Miguel. What would you prefer? Long-term with Wilson or short-term with Rodgers? Carl, I'll kick this to you because I've I've said my piece on this one a few times. I, my answer is a little nuanced. Okay. I, I would go with Wilson. I, okay. I just I think this year is a little bit of an anomaly with his finger. It's thrown off his game. You're starting to see him come back to what he used to be. Mm-hmm. And, and I just think he would fit really well with this system. Javante Williams, you know, when he had that great run game early in his Seattle career, man, that guy was was deadly. And that offense could just do about anything and everything they ever wanted to do. And he hasn't really had a consistent run game since then. Uh, You know, their running backs have just been injured left and right. I mean, they took Penny in the first round and he's just, I don't know. He's kind of all over the place. He had a good week this last week, if I remember right. But, uh, but anyway, they, they've just kind of been all over the place since then. If he has a consistent run game to just really maximize what he can do throwing over the top and, you know, with Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Jerry Judy, Noah Fant, uh, Albert Okawebenom, you know, all those guys, I, I think he could really shine here in Denver. Not saying that Rodgers wouldn't, but I would like a little bit more of the long-term answer at the quarterback position compared to maybe three or four years. And Rodgers, I just, part of me feels like he's just going to reach that point where he's just going to go, Man. I'm done with football. Yeah. yeah. You know, I, I think he loves the game, but it's not like he lives and breathes it. He, he's got a lot of other interests. Yeah. Wilson, he has some other interests, but I think he loves football a little bit more right now. And so I just feel like he's going to hang around a little bit longer. Yeah, my nuanced answer here is a long-term or short-term. Yes to both. Uh, really, it is whichever one you can get first, right? Like if I don't, I'm not going to hold out for either of them. Whichever one is the first one available, I am swinging and I am swinging hard because it's not a guarantee that either of these guys are going to be available, let alone could they come here. So I'm not going to be picky. Um, I guess for me, I would prefer the long term of Wilson because I you've seen it with Aaron Rodgers in the uh, the NFC, right? He's only been to one Super Bowl and he's been the best quarterback in the NFC pretty consistently for 15 years. Only one Super Bowl. So what does that what does that say to me? Not that Rodgers is worse than Wilson or anything like that. Rodgers gives you a better chance than Wilson short term. But I want to be able to knock on that door year after year. If I get 10 chances in the playoffs, I have way better odds of winning it all with how fluky a one, you know, one game playoff or one game outcome can be in that playoff format than with Rodgers. But really, whoever's first, please, I will take either of them. Hallelujah. Please. God, that would be amazing. God, I would be Broncos country would go nuts. Would go nuts for one of those guys. Uh Travis coming in saying yep. good evening Nick Carl and Broncos country. Hope everyone is staying warm. Yeah, hopefully you guys are staying warm and dry. And um uh, Hopefully everyone's enjoying some time with family. Uh, Denver has the talent to be a top 10 defense, but I feel is up in the air like the offense. Jacqueline Hyde. If the rumor is true about Teddy wanting 25 million, do you see Peyton ponying up that for Teddy? Uh, Multiple questions here. I think Uh, the Broncos defense actually from like 
a lot of advanced metrics has not been that great this season. Um, they've been much better down the stretch. I think that Raiders game where they gave up like the most 15 plus yard pass plat passes in a single game since like 1986 or something crazy uh, is really affecting a lot of those efficiency metrics for the Broncos. One of the most, one of the least efficient games from any defense this entire season. Um, but they are a little bit more variance, high variance uh, than the Broncos offense, which I think is fourth this season in variance, according to football outsiders. So they're pretty consistent who they are week to week. It's really, if the defense is great, then the Broncos offense being the middling offense that they pretty much are um, can take advantage. As far as ponying up for Teddy, um, I'd do 25 million over two years. I do. I do. Heck, I'd even consider 30 million over uh, two years with that last year being pretty much voidable with the way the contract is set up. 25 million per year. Hard pass. The, the hardest of passes. Goodness gracious. Marcus Mariota, come on down. Tyrod Taylor, come on down. I'd, I'd pay you guys 5 million for one year versus Teddy versus 25. And even if they use half the quarterback, I'm paying you know, 20%. Yeah, I'm with you. It's kind of like what you said with Rodgers and Wilson. I would put out a contract to about three or four of the free agent quarterbacks and say, whichever you sign first gets the contract. And and I think because things are going to dry up pretty quick with the, the quarterbacks, I think one of them would take it pretty quick. Uh, yeah. You know, obviously with Teddy, you get a little more time to negotiate before free agency hits. But if he's really looking for 25 million, I'd say, dude, go out there. If you can go get that money, that's great. Otherwise, come back to us. If you get a contract closer to 12 to 15 million, maybe we can talk at that point. Yeah. Because, I mean, he he hasn't been great this year by any means. And these last few weeks have been kind of some of his more up and down games. I do think he is a little bit hurt. And I think the Broncos are kind of underselling that because they don't want other teams to kind of know, hey, he's hurt and struggling with this. Uh, but his accuracy has just fallen off a cliff some of those yeah. short throws that he usually is just spot on. He's not even making those right now. So, um, but when he's healthy, he's a consistent quarterback. And obviously he gets you to this kind of point where you're seven and six, you know, maybe he, we could get another win if he's got another year in this kind of system. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, he, he's, he is what he is. We kind of knew that going in what he was going to be on this football field and he's lived up to it. And I know some people want more and we all want more. Yeah, you should but if you can't if you can't get more if you can't get a, a Wilson or a Rogers there's worse things that you could fall back on I mean obviously because that's what the Broncos have had for the last five years yeah and also to that point as well you could probably make the Teddy Bridgewater if Teddy Bridgewater does get 25 million when he I don't think he is a 25 million dollar level quarterback that to me says that like listen you can come in here and just you know pat, play patty cake as quarterback here for a bit with the weapons they have, the offensive line improving and uh, what we're doing here and come out of this, a paid quarterback. So hello, Marcus Mariota. Hello, Tyrod Taylor. Hello, Andy Dahl. Not great. Not great options, guys. I'm not advocating for that. God bless. Um, But you could say, look what Teddy just did. You, you probably think you're as good as Teddy, right? Or like, you know, maybe not as good, but you know, somewhere around there, you can come in here one year, play, play for super cheap next year. And then you're going to get a payday in 2023. And at least that would be a short term option where you're not, committing long-term long, uh, big money to a guy who's not a franchise caliber quarterback. That's when you mess up. You don't want to be paying a non-franchise quarterback franchise money for multiple years. Cause it's not just that season sunk It's years down the road where you're in trouble. So, all right. that's a, hopefully that's nuanced enough for you. Uh, we got Zackler coming in here. I think with a Q Zackler, either way, it looks like a cute dog there. So we'll, we'll say, it. uh, I have had this bangle game marked down for a while. If we win this game, our playoff odds increase highly. Thank you so much with Zackler for the, Four ninety nine super over on YouTube. Yeah, this is a. I saw today was a friend of the show, 
friend of mine, uh, Zach Seeger over on Twitter, writes at uh, Mile High Sports, I believe. Either way, free publicity. Shouldn't do that, Nick. But anyway, uh, Zach coming in today saying um, the Bron- going through all the Broncos playoff odds and scenarios. For me, I know that I'm a math guy as much as anybody, but like it's so simple. You just have to win it. It's, it's so convoluted and tough and with all these teams packed together. To me, it's win. It does, I don't care about anything else. Broncos beat the Bengals. We'll talk about scenarios a couple weeks from now, but this is you have to win this game. Absolutely. Playoffs odds increase drastically if the Broncos can win this game, but they this is essentially a must-win game. It really is. Yeah. When, when it's a team that's ahead of you in the playoff race, you got to take this one. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that the others won't matter or that they don't matter as much, but it just this one, when you can eliminate an opponent that's ahead of you or tied yeah. with you, really, actually, um, you know, it just gives you that leg up. Not only do you have the tiebreaker when it comes to playoff seeding at the end of the year, but obviously you've got this one game lead. So it's really a two game lead that you get on this one team just by this one win. And when you're 10th and you need to move up to seventh, you know, when you can eliminate one of those teams all right off the bat from one week, man, that, that is huge. And obviously it also be a huge uh, confidence boost for this team that they can do two weeks of consistent play and, and go win against a team that's supposed to be right there in the playoff race. Uh, you know, this would be big for the Broncos. I think it would really spur them ahead because then you got Raiders and chargers and both those teams are kind of having some struggles right now. And, and so I think if the Broncos go in there with a lot of confidence, they're both right road games, but I think the Broncos could really feel good about themselves. Yeah, no, absolutely. And we got Travis Tarbox coming in here. Thank you so much, Travis uh, saying evening fellas. This is my last week on nights. So I'll be able to catch Broncos for breakfast on a regular basis. Oh, we got him. Um, and all the shows at night, man, that's great to hear Travis. Um, we always enjoy you hanging out with us. It's always a lot of fun. A Denver Broncos for life, by the way. Thank you very much, Travis. We appreciate you. We also got Mark's in the house, Mark, uh, howdy, Nick, Carl, Scott and Broncos country. Always great to see you. Colin Wood was in the house talking about traffic on the five early, which made me laugh. Um, cause he knows, um, Miguel's in the house saying hello, David, uh, Schlosser, Schlosser Jr. Coming in, David, I recognize the hat. I know you're around here often. Good evening, gents in Broncos country. Got Greg Smith. Good evening, Broncos country. Aloha. Mike S is always in the house. That's great to see. Um, we got cooking with dad coming in here. Send me your channel cooking with dad. I'm all about uh, doing those hello freshes, you know, a lot of fun in here. Um, I think that we can, uh, if we can win against the Bengals, then I feel better with our chances making the playoffs, at least winning our first playoff game before getting kicked out. Um, and I saw some comments earlier. I won't, uh, I don't want to find it too much. Um, Edward's in the house too. Hey, Edward, how you doing? He asked for a shout out this morning. We didn't get to it, but here's your shout out, Edward. Um, chances of the Broncos keeping Fangio. I saw somebody say, even if the Broncos make the playoffs, they have to win a playoff game to keep Fangio. What do you think the stakes are for Fangio coming back right now at this team being uh, seven and six, very close to the playoffs right now? Do they have to make the playoffs to retain Fangio? I don't think so. I think if they do get to that 10 and seven mark and they're that eighth team that misses the playoffs by that one spot, I think they feel good enough about Fangio. Now I'm sure George Payton would come to him and say, understand if we keep you, there's going to be some coaches that you have to be willing to let go of, you know, maybe Pat Shermer, uh, McMahon, of course would, would be gone. I, I think that would be part of it of just saying, okay, we've got to do better on some of these other ends that have been failing quite a bit. And whether he would take that deal, you see a lot of coaches who are pretty, pretty connected to their coaching staff and pretty much it's an all or nothing kind of situation. I know, was it Mike Shanahan ran into that a little bit where they're like, dude, you got to start making some changes. And he said, nope. And they yep. said, well, then see you later. Uh, and, and so I, I do think it'll be interesting to see how he would handle that. Yeah. 
That's a good question. And uh, thank you so much, uh, Travis, for the uh, the comment there on uh, it's definitely the Iowa connection. It's definitely not my football takes that you appreciate. It's it's, it's the Iowa Hawkeyeism uh, that we share. It, it brings us together. Um, so, Carl, I'll let uh, Scott work the back channels here to see if anything is relevant to this point of conversation. But the theme today and it really caught my eye and it caused some. Um, Waves on social media pointed out as well. We got stars coming in from Miguel. Thank you so much, Miguel. Uh, the Broncos, according to Football Outsiders DVOA, which is defensive adjusted value over uh, expectation, is uh, came out that the Broncos this season so far through week 14, according to them, have the 10th best offense in football through 14 weeks. Just off the cuff. <laughs> what are your thoughts on the Broncos being a top 10 offense so far from what we've seen this year? <laughs> I would say one, it's maybe more of a showing of how bad offenses have been this year compared to maybe that the Broncos have taken that big of a leap to being yeah. a top 10 offense. Uh, you know, the, the Broncos are winning in a way that's very different than what most people look at for a top 10 offense because they're not a high flying 300 yards passing every kind of game. Uh, they, they've really figured out what is their formula. That's mm -hmm. the nice thing. When you figure out what your identity is as a team and you can play into that, you can do some really good things. There's a lot of teams that kind of go back and forth and, and the Broncos have gone back and forth a little bit till really about the last about five weeks. Now they've kind of found their identity and just, we're going to be a power run game. We're going to just run it down your throats. Uh, and you think we're going to stop running. We're going to keep running. We got this two headed monster at the running back position. We got some big boys on that offensive line that are ready to push some people. Good luck. Stop us. You know, we dare you try to stop us. Uh, and then we'll maybe try to beat you a little bit with the pass game. But, uh, you know, like I said, I think it's a little bit, some offenses down around the league. And then the Broncos have just been a very consistent running game, especially, like I said, the last five weeks. Yeah. For me, I don't know the specifics. It's proprietary information as far as a DVOA, a defensive value, defensive adjusted value over average. Um, not expected average. Um, for me, I think the, probably the biggest thing looking at this is it is a lot of erratic football play from this year. I mean, offense across the NFL is down 2021 versus 2022, which is, I guess, not surprising. I guess last year they're letting them play a little bit more. Um, and there's more penalties this season resulting in harder, probably to score points, um, with the you know, holdings and whatnot, false starts, etc. Those are up this season compared to last year. But overall, offenses across the board are down. Josh Allen's having a worse year. Patrick Mahomes is neck and neck, statistically speaking, with Teddy Bridgewater since week nine. Um, yeah, you pretty much it's, and Russell Wilson's been hurt too. So that's another guy who's kind of regressed somewhat, leading the overall offensive output across the NFL to come down. I think the biggest thing for me in looking at the DVOA here is that I think they're this is gonna sound sacrilegious because I think it, it it is valuable. I think they're vastly over overweighting the impact of the run game. I think the run game should maybe be 35% of the output for the, your value as an offense versus 65 to the pass. Uh, just cause it's, we know from EPA passes that much more effective, important in, uh, outcomes. So I think that the Broncos right now, their pass offense, it's still pretty good um, from an efficiency standpoint. Um, it is wow. 11th in the NFL compared to eighth for the rushing offensive EPA per play. Um, but again, and this is all uh, DVOA is adjusted for your opponents. So the Broncos, they say on uh, football outsiders, the Broncos have the 31st easiest schedule for the offense so far that's taken into account. That's not just like, Oh, we're just throwing it out there. That's part of the, the weights on this uh, offense dragging them down. Uh, so top 10 is probably makes me do a double take, but they're, they're definitely in the top 20. 
I would say their their league average offense right now, a lot is being leaned on the run game, but that's what we expected. I just, the top 10 makes me a little hesitant. Yeah, I'm with you. Now, I will say, like I said, it, it does factor in who your opponents are. And I think people yes. forget Broncos are actually three and two against teams that are currently in the playoffs. If the playoffs started today, they are three and two against those kind of opponents. Yeah. The area the Broncos struggle with the most are the teams that are like six and seven, seven and six right now, those middle tier teams. And, and on top of that, I mean, of course we got the trenches play, you know, what kind of, what kind of offense and defense are they? All those things factor in, but, um, but really the Broncos have done well of rising up in some of those big games that they've stood a chance where, like I said, if they can, if they can win in the trenches, they're going to stand a really good chance of winning that game. And, you know, that's why sometimes they can take one from a team that's a little bit better, but uh, all right, we got Travis Tarbucks coming in here with a comment saying you guys might disagree with me, but I'm definitely, I definitely have lost faith in Teddy and this coaching staff hoping we make the playoffs, but ready for next season. I just, I don't know how you could lose faith for me speaking. I don't know how you could lose faith when my expectations were, this is exactly what he is and was going to be right. Like I just, I, if anything, it's reaffirmed. Uh, who he's been. I was probably a little bit overzealous and head over heels with those first three games, considering how efficient he was knowing that those Mm -hmm. were bad opponents still, but like he was playing, those are MVP. That's what an MVP caliber quarterback does even against those bad defenses. Um, He's regressed a lot to the mean after those first three games, no doubt about it. And is that injury? Is that the league adjusting to him and the scheme and what the Broncos are doing? Um, Could be, it's probably a, a little bit of all of those, but as far as losing faith in Teddy, I never had that much faith in Teddy to begin with. So, uh, I don't know, but um, Travis, I love you from one Iowa to another. Enjoy the season right now, right? Like it's the expectation changes as the season changes and we get new information, but like you're going to look back and think like, man, I'm really missing the games right now. And I'm really missing Bronco football. I'm missing relevant Bronco football. I feel the same way about the Hawkeyes right now. Oh man, we're really upset. They got beaten the big 10 championship. You won 10 games. Um, You had a good season. So um, enjoy where you are right now. And Broncos are probably right at where you expected them given expectations. Right. Well, the, the last few years, December, what were we doing? We were already talking about the draft. Like, like they, that was yeah. the highlight of our conversations. It's nice to actually be talking that this game matters. Yep. So, yeah, like I said, enjoy that. And, and you know, if the Broncos lose, they lose. But at least they're going down fighting in December. But, uh, all right, we've got Dave, David coming in here with some stars saying, the thing that bothers me the most about Fangio is his use of timeouts and challenges. If he stays, those two things must change. Yeah. I'll say this about challenges. Usually most teams have somebody up in the box that signals down and says, throw the challenge flag. And I, I, I'd be more angry with that guy because he's the one that's saying, hey, yeah, this is an opportunity. I will say the last two challenges, I think were legit challenges. The the one with Kelsey fumbling, I, I really think that was a fumble. I know sped up, they close call, they have to go with what it was. But I think if they had called it a fumble on the field, it would have stayed the same. And and then this last one, again, I think it was close enough. The ball was moving. It, it's worth the challenge. You're already up. You get that fumble, game's completely over for sure. So you might as well do it. it it's worth a, a risk at that point. So I don't blame him for these last two. A couple of the others, yeah. I'm like, dude, what are you doing? You know that's a waste of a timeout. Totally. And, and yes, his use of timeouts, something he's got to work on. Uh, you know, Somebody else that I got after for that for a long time was Andy Reid. He yeah, was terrible was at timeouts. <laughs> situational yep. football was not always his strength at times when it came to those kind of things. So, uh, you know, each coach has their different weaknesses that they struggle with. 
Yep. And right now, Fangio's still figuring some of those things out. I think he's getting a little bit better in some areas that he was struggling with early, earlier on the last couple of years of kind of trusting the offense to do their offensive thing. He's given over a lot more control in that area, whether you like that or not, but I do. Yeah. I'd rather just trust your coordinators to actually do their job. Yeah, no, totally. We got Travis coming in with uh, something that I I would also love to see. Uh, Williams and Gordon both getting a thousand rushing yards this year, if possible. And this is, uh, you know, a lot of people like to. <laughs> I feel like I really hate the title, but I'm just gonna have to own it. I feel like I'm the Pat Shermer sympathizer here. Overall, a lot of people, you know, hold him directly responsible for Drew Locke not playing good football last season. Um, but I think that Pat Shermer has been pretty good this year as far as the distribution of carries for both these backs. Both of them have been relatively healthy. Both of them are still look like they have a lot of tread on this, the tires for this season. And I felt like he's overall, especially since week nine, pushed the right buttons with both these backs. So uh, it's definitely possible that both of these guys could get to a thousand yards. And that's incredible. That's not only a testament to both these backs. It's also a testament to Mike Munchak and what this offensive line has been doing recently, because they have really started to come together, uh, synergize, if you will, um, with uh, that unit across the board. Well, it's funny. The first I don't know, five, six weeks of the season, we started having that point where we're almost questioning Munchak going, dude, yeah. this is not working. You've had a couple years here now. This is when you're supposed to start seeing these guys pay off. And it, it's been nice as the season pr- has progressed and especially with injuries. Yeah. I mean, when you have third string left tackle in at one point, backup, yeah. right tackle, backup guard, backup guard, and your only starter is your center who hasn't been great. And boom, all of a sudden they still look great. Like they, they didn't hardly miss a beat. I'd say the Philly game was the one game where they missed a beat where they missed some of those starters being in there. Um, But, but beyond that, be able to get those guys in there and have them ready. That that's a credit to Munchak. Very, very impressive. All right. we got Lando Lee coming in here with more stars. Thank you very much, Lando. Really appreciate that guys. And, and uh, it just, it, it means a lot to us for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And we got Chris Speech coming in saying, as a Titans fan, once again, good luck with Munchak. Yeah, thank you very much for Munchak. And uh, hope you guys are treating my uh, my boy Jeffrey Simmons well, appreciating him over there in Tennessee. Man, I loved him. Although, I will say, uh, you guys took Jeffrey Simmons at 19 overall. Broncos getting Draymond Jones at, what was it, 72? It was something like that. Mid-early third round. Draymond Jones is not as good as Jeffrey Simmons. But in the third round, I mean, God, man, Draymond Jones has been incredible. Knock on wood, man. He is the only player on that defensive line right now that is playing above expectation or at expectation. And he's top 10 in the NFL and uh, pressure rate from a uh, interior defensive line. And uh, he had a foot injury in that game against, uh, against gosh, the lions. Um, so hopefully he's going to be healthy uh, in this game. Cause the Broncos are going to need him uh, to get after Joe Burrow and put some pressure on him. Cause the rest of the uh, pass rushers, where are you buddy? Where the hell are you? Yeah. <laughs> I, I think, I think the, one of the, Biggest key players for this playoff push is going to be Chubb. He's got to be what he was before injury. And so far he, it's been a slow progress getting him back on the field. He just does not look like the same player. He's not getting any kind of push. He's not getting bent around the edge. He's gotten caught inside a couple times in the run game. Like that, that's going to be a problem against the the Bengals. Yeah. They love to hit the edges with the run game with Mixon and his speed you got to have discipline on the edges. So that, that's going to be my, one of my big keys to the game, but we'll, we'll get into that as the week goes on for sure. But uh, we got Mo Ron coming in here saying seven teams have had two running backs with thousand yard rushing in a season for same team. Only one has won a super bowl that season, the 72 dolphins. That's, hmm. 
I appreciate that piece of fact or that the piece of history. Factoid. Thank you very yeah. much, Mo. That's uh, that's great to see. Um, so yeah, no, we already talked a little bit about the Broncos top 10 offense, according to football outsiders, DVOA. I would love to see, uh, you know, what goes in to the baking of that bread <laughs> just to see what, know all the analytics and that. Um, but football analytics aren't perfect because so much is dependent on the players around you executing and the opponent across the side, uh, across the field um, being at a certain level. Right. Um, so if you have a lot of good wide receivers, guess what? Your quarterback's going to be better. Like if, if you swap Peyton Manning and Tom Brady in their careers um, early on with uh, obviously Tom Brady with new England and Peyton with Indy Peyton probably wins some super bowls. Stats aren't as good. Tom Brady's probably winning MVPs, not winning as many Super Bowls. Um, so it's just, it's kind of like that kind of thing where obviously the situation around those guys matter and you're never going to have perfect statistics in football because it's, everything is so uh, it's small sample sized and dependent on uh, the other guys around you doing their job for you to execute. So imperfect, but I like to think of football data as puzzle pieces where if you have a bunch of them, a bunch of puzzle pieces, all saying the same pain in the same picture, you probably have something there that you need to at least question. Another area where the Broncos have a very good offense, not top 10, Top 11 so far this season, EPA per play, which a lot of people are talking about. The points per game is the same as last year. The Broncos are only having, they're having like two less possessions per game than what we had last year because they're not turning the ball over. Um, so they're scoring more per possession, per when they have it. They're way more efficient. Um, but the Broncos this year, 11th so far in EPA per play. Um, they are 14th in drop back EPA and 8th in rush EPA. So a pretty balanced team overall, um, obviously. The games when you have to lean on Teddy Bridgewater, it goes off the rails quick because he is limited in that capacity and the pass blocking is a little bit limited too. But again, another thing where the offense is actually, from an efficiency standpoint, playing pretty well, pretty complimentary football. And uh, that's that's what we wanted and hoped for coming into the season. They're probably right where you hoped and expected. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, I, I didn't expect this team to be obviously Super Bowl contenders with what they did at the quarterback position. Yeah. But I also didn't expect them to bottom out. I expected them to be competing for the the playoffs. And like I said, that's exactly where they are. And, uh, you know, they've got, I know a lot of people have been saying, well, even if they make the playoffs, we learned nothing this year. No, we've learned plenty. We've got to see a lot of the the young players get an opportunity to, to shine. Uh, we've got to see, you know, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, Tim Patrick, Noah Fant, you know, see what some of those weapons can do. This offensive line finally starting to show some chemistry. You got a two-headed monster in the run the running game that maybe they'll sign Melvin Gordon after this year. We'll have to see. And, and defensively, like I said, Draymond Jones really shining as a player. You got some other young players that have stepped up. And, and so you've got some building blocks that you can sit there and say, okay, now we have the foundation of players that if we get a good quarterback to come in here, we can actually go be Super Bowl contenders. I think a lot of people questioned what kind of roster does this team have the last few years? Right. And a lot of people said, well, we can't figure it out till we get a quarterback. I think we've figured it out this year that this is a really good foundational roster that's just missing one big piece. I'm not saying that quarterback is the end all be all. There's still some other holes that need to be fixed. You know, pass rusher, edge rusher, still got to figure that out. Got to figure out what you're going to do with the linebacker position, you know, right tackle, all those kind of things. But for the most part, you've got at least a nice foundation. Mm hmm. Yeah, no, good point. Now we got R. Powell coming in here with an interesting philosophical question for the Broncos since we're talking about the running backs here and uh, the Broncos' efficiency so far this season. Thank you very much for the comment, R. Powell. Um, Broncos should run split backs with Pookie and Gordon. That will open up the passing game. What is your input on this? Uh, what do you think, Carl? What What is your input I, on the two running back uh, personnel offense? I, I don't mind it for a couple plays a game, but part of yeah. what makes this two-headed monster work so well is they both come in fresh. And so, and, and they've got different running styles. So the Broncos do a few different things with each of them. 
And, and so, and also the other big thing that they've done as the season has progressed is they have simplified the run game earlier in the year. They were running a, just about anything and everything they possibly could. And I think it just got too complicated, especially having a rookie back there and, you know, some different pieces on the offensive line, all those kind of things. And so they just simplified. And I feel like if you add this in, you're adding in a little bit of complication. Like I said, maybe a couple plays a game just to keep the other team honest and have to make them game plan for those kind of things, especially moving forward. But I, I don't like the idea of, you know, using those guys and using them up both at the same time. Having them in there fresh is so huge for this offense. Yeah, no, the Broncos, um, I have their run game usage uh, pulled up here um, for what they've used since week nine, which is kind of when the offense has really started to come together. And uh, they've been a pretty, they, they're pretty evenly split, um, but still inside zone is the main one uh, running it, have run it about looks like 47 times uh, since week nine outside zone being the next at 40, but you see a good amount of power and pull lead uh, power at 31 and pull lead at about uh, 12. So again, they have some variety in there still, um, but I think that the overall, it's just, it's the execution. And also even though Quinn Miners has struggled in pass protection in some of those reps, uh, he brings a different element than uh, the likes of um, Graham Glasgow on the interior, just the, the raw power that he has. It's, it's totally different um, than what you see from Graham Glasgow. I think also it's important, you know, earlier in the season, I was definitely one to, to dog and critique uh, Dalton Reisner. Cause I thought he was struggling early in the season, but the last three or four weeks, Dalton Reisner has been playing pretty good. Uh, I've went back and watched yep. the L 22 Dalton Reisner, Lloyd Cushenberry, Quinn Miners. Those are the guys that are, we talk some running backs, rightfully so I get it. Those guys are equally deserve some credit because they have really come together and I have been emphatically impressed with those guys. For sure. You know, it is, this is the best we've seen this interior in a long, long time. Mm-hmm. And, and so it's nice to, to finally get a little bit of push, have a little bit of attitude. Like I said, to have an identity that we are going to whoop you up here in the middle and mm-hmm. you're going to have to send extra bodies to stop this here in the middle. And like I said, at, once you start getting that and seeing them come up, I, I loved, I was watching, they were talking about uh, one of the plays where Teddy Bridgewater changed it from a pass to a run. Yeah. And teams are still playing that too high safety look because they're still afraid of the weapons the Broncos have. And, and so they still respect them. Uh, and, and so then he just changed it to a run play. He's like, well, if you're going to play too high safety, we'll run it. You want to bring a safety down? We'll throw it. And, and that's when you can become a, a very consistent and dangerous offense, when you can mm-hmm. dictate how the defense has to play you. Absolutely. And we got Todd coming in saying our key is to successful offense is obvious run the ball 30 times or more a game and play sound defense pass as a compliment to the running game. This is very much a correlation versus causation kind of thing, right? Where the Broncos, they have more rush attempts and whatnot, uh, then they'll be better, but they ran the ball really effectively versus the chiefs didn't, didn't matter. You know, they couldn't really, obviously there was a couple instances of not getting fourth down conversions that uh, took points off the board, but really um, you need to be, I think it's, more important to get off to a fast start when you can get off to a fast start and make the other team have to press a little bit, then you look really good. So again, causation, correlation, blah, blah, blah. But, uh, I, I think the Broncos getting to a lead and the game flow being what they want is more likely to lead to them running the ball 30 times and winning versus just getting to that flat 30 rush mark and equaling a win. Yeah. I love, uh, Mark Lindemood's comment. He says the Broncos are the meatloaf of football. It's meat, but it's not a steak. You know, it gets the job done. <laughs> That's all you really want. Yeah. Yeah, no, totally. So Broncos final four games here. Apparently 
football outsider says they have a top 10 offense. I'd have bought 15. Uh, I'd have bought 16, you know, somewhere in there, even with the run game being good, but top 10, that's a little bit um, eye opening, but you have four games left. Uh, can this top 10 offense, sorry, I laugh about it. Uh, can this offense actually get it done down the stretch? Cause the Broncos are going to need them. They're going up against some pretty potent offenses, which means it's not just, it can't all be on the off defense to hold these teams out. That's impossible. Offense has to be able to be effective, efficient, and put up points. Is that possible? Can Teddy do that? I, I'm, I'm leery to say yes, because like I said, I, I think he is banged up. Now, yeah. thankfully he didn't take a whole lot of hits this last week. One so, yep. which was his yeah, fault. So, the sack was yeah, his fault. <laughs> that was, uh, that, that was the one play that I was just like, dude, what are you doing? You got to have that internal clock going that tells you you've held onto this ball way too long. Uh, I think but, it was uh, the way he looked in that all 22 is like, Oh, bleep. <laughs> just <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, come on, buddy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I'm hoping that if he can get a little bit healthier, they can get something going. He didn't look, like I said, he didn't look in sync with especially Jerry Judy this last week, which is kind of weird. He's been a little bit more since Jerry Judy came back, at least hitting that guy for some pretty big plays this last week. Not as much, um, but yeah, he's got to be better. I, I think he can do enough. I don't think you're going to have blowouts like you had this last week by far, because these teams are better than what Detroit is, but I, I think he can make enough plays to keep an, a defense honest. Yeah, that's, that's the key. I just don't know if, He's got that in him from the, for the drop back pass game. And also I don't know if the Broncos pass protection is complimentary either. I mean, obviously the quarterback's going to get a vast majority of the blame or credit when things are good or bad. That's just the nature of the position. Um, but the rush game leaning into the run game is not as not equally Teddy bridge, protecting Teddy Bridgewater and executing this plan as it is making sure that the offensive line is doing what they're good at from what I, from what I can evaluate from what they're good at versus what they're bad at. I mean, even in that second quarter versus the lions game, Bobby Massey getting beat around the right tackle, Gary Bowles getting pushed back into the backfield pretty, pretty instantaneously. Um, that's not what you want, especially against a lions team like this. So uh, Broncos need to lean into the run game somewhat, but at some point, man, the, the pass game is going to have to come through and they're going to have to hit some explosive pass plays down the field. Um, and I know that's kind of against Teddy's nature. I mean, being Maddie mad at Teddy at this point for being Teddy is just, you know, you know, being mad at a cow for mooing. It's just, you know, that's okay. Um, here we are, but um, they're going to have to do it at some point. And I just don't know if he has that in him, which is probably not a totally fair expectation again, because we know who he is, but that's what, where this team is at this season. So Teddy, God, man, come on, got to, got to make a play. Cause this team is going to need it at some point, probably in this yeah. Bengals game. Yeah, I, I agree. You're going to need some explosive plays and, and you got the weapons to do it, man. I, I hope that they're talking to him this week and just saying, dude, you gotta, you gotta pull the trigger a few times because there were some plays in this last game where guys were open down the field. And if you watch the all 22, it's like, come on, man, <laughs> you, you, it should be easy to see that. And, yeah. and he was missing it. And so I, I hope Rudolph, I hope you're right. Teddy has it in him. I, those first three weeks, we saw it. We saw him pushing the ball down the field, making people open their eyes and go, what in the world is this Teddy? So he's got it in him, but I, I just worry, like I said, he's taking a few hits that maybe he's kind of sheltering himself a little bit, trying to protect himself and, and, you know, had a couple bad games there with interceptions. Sometimes that can scare a player from wanting to take any kind of risks, but at this point you just got to take some. Yeah. We got ZW in here. Hey family. How you doing ZW? It's been a second. Hope you're doing well. Hope, uh, hope your family is well and hope you're healthy. Uh, yeah, I just, I don't want to turn this into a bashing Teddy uh, conversation because 
again, this, this team is so much better than they were last year passing the football and they're protecting the football last year. They were dead last in the NFL in interception rate, turnover rate. Uh, they were 31st in the NFL at time of possession this year. They're third in the NFL in time of possession, 10th best interception rate. Uh, they actually have one of the better touchdown percentages to passing ball. I mean, almost every single metric, their offense is better this season, even though the league averages have regressed. So that means that the Broncos improvements are against the grain of league trends, which makes them even more emphatic in my opinion. But again, this, a lot of this is game flow. A lot of this is talent dependent on the roster around the quarterback. And we've seen it at some point. It's a quarterback league. It's going to go on the quarterback. And uh, I just don't know if Teddy has that in him. Not only, I mean, we're not even talking Super Bowl. We're talking about these final four games going three and one down the stretch. Because they're it's it's going to happen. So anything about that, uh, anything else? Do you have any theories on why the Broncos could be a top 10 offense according to DVA and top 11 for EPA per play? Like what? What gets us there versus what the vast majority of the fan base, you know, screaming the second quarter when you still have two quarters to go and you've already put up 14 points off of two possessions. Um, sorry, fans. Uh, <laughs> what, what leads us here? Why, why is there this massive well, disconnect? So one, I think you're right that you said earlier about the, the quarterbacks that have been missing this year. You got Deshaun Watson, who was a top five quarterback mm-hmm. last year that hasn't played. Uh, you got Russell Wilson, who was missed time. Um, Mahomes has regressed. You got Lamar, who's yeah, you got Baker Mayfield, who's been banged up. Yeah, you yeah. had a lot of guys that have been banged up that were in that conversation last year for top ten and what they brought to to their coaches or to their teams. Uh, so I think that plays into it. I think if those guys were all playing this season, I think the Broncos would be closer to middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. But they, they've been missing, so the Broncos have taken advantage of it. Uh, and then, like I said, I, I think maybe they overrate the the run game just a little bit of what it brings to the team. But I mean, the Broncos, like I said, they, they've been one of the best rushing teams, especially since week nine, where they've just figured some things out. You're getting Quinn Miners in there, really moving some people that has made a huge difference. And I think it's made other guys around him better. You know, the, the entire offensive line has improved since he came in, nothing against Graham Glasgow because he was better in pass protection by far, but in the run game, it has just been night and day. When you look at what that offensive line is doing of opening up holes you know, they showed a couple plays last game where I think it was like a five-yard hole yep. for, for the running backs to run through. I mean, just as clear as day where they should be running through. And we didn't have that earlier in the season. And, you know, also I think Javante Williams is starting to figure out a little bit more of consistently how to hit the holes. Mm-hmm. He was missing them left and right early in the season. I, I love Javante. I think he's a great running back, but he was struggling to see where he should be going. And so he a lot of times got hit in the backfield and then made something out of it, thankfully, but he didn't have to get hit in the backfield, yeah. but there was a hole available for him. So getting more consistent in all those areas, I think has really paid off and brought the Broncos to being right here at that borderline top 10 offense. Yeah. And I mean, some of it might be, I know that we like to joke that running backs don't matter, but run games still matter. I mean, this Broncos duo of running backs might just be that good. I mean, is that, is that, that inconceivable? I mean, I know in today's NFL, it's the shock, chuck it around the yard and have the pass game kill you. But like Melvin Gordon, listen to this stat. This just came across my feed. This absolutely mind blowing how good Melvin Gordon is and the company he's in only running backs in NFL history with seven plus rushing TV touchdowns in six consecutive seasons. You ready for this name? These names, I've Jim Brown, mm-hmm. LaDainian Tomlinson, Emmett Smith, Adrian Peterson, Sean Alexander, Melvin Gordon. Are you kidding me? Are you, are you kidding me? That is amazing company. So uh, it, 
I mean, maybe the running backs are that good. I I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and guys, if you guys have been following me at all, you know that absolutely kills me to say because I am very much. I, if I could build a team, it is running eleven personnel, using the quarterback to run some, and then throwing vertically down the field. Like if I could pluck Josh Allen into like a shotgun spread quarterback option offense with down the field shots injected it in my veins, especially the yeah. good defense. Oh God, that's beautiful. But um, that's, it's crazy. That's, that's how good uh, Gordon has been in his career and how good Javante has been so far this season as well. I mean, those running backs are really, really good. And I, why, why lean away from that? You know, to, why, why emphasize Teddy Bridgewater when those guys are that effective? I just, I don't get it. Right. Well, I love one of Vic Fangio's comments this week where he said earlier in the year, you guys were getting after me because we weren't running the ball enough. Yeah. Now we're running the ball and you're mad at me because we're not throwing the football enough. And he's like, well, then, of course, he had to do the stupid Raiders quote, just win, baby. But, but you know, it, it is. It's kind of that of idea of, hey, this is who we are. We know who we are. We're going to play into it. We're going to play into the strengths of our team, strengths of the offensive line, that they're better run blockers than pass blockers. We're going to play into the strength of having these two great running backs that, you know, one of them's making big money, the other one's second-round pick. Yeah, use them. And if they can get you to the playoffs, you know, more power to you. And, you know, I saw we had the the Titans fan in here earlier. This team, they're they're a little bit lesser version of what the Titans were when they went to the AFC Championship. You know, they surprised the people in the playoffs because they just ran over people, Derrick Henry. Now, these two running backs are not as good as Derrick Henry. But, you know, but the two-headed monster of what they bring to the table, they, they can keep you in a lot of games that other teams can't win. Yeah, I'm I'm with you 100%. And I think the path for this team to make the playoffs is somewhat of a version of, of the last time Vic Fangio was in the Super Bowl, that 2012 49ers team. Um, very good run game. Obviously, the Broncos don't have Colin Kaepernick uh, under center, which is amplifies your your run game and what you can do there, di- uh, diversifying the looks you can have and what teams have to account for. But it was that Vic Fangio defense and a very strong, efficient run game. And I think that is the... That's what you have to do here. If you're the Broncos, that is the path to success down the way. And Teddy Bridgewater, if you're asking him to drop back 35 times a game, seven step drops, five step drops, good luck. You know, that's, that doesn't, that's not conducive to winning with this game. So why, why be mad at them for playing? Like, it's like being mad at Mac Jones for only completing two passes in that game. They won against the bills in Buffalo. No, like that's he's doing what he's being asked to do. It's not perfect, but like if you can execute and put up points, Broncos are top. uh, I believe they're top 10 this season in our, no, they're I think 16th in points per possession, middle of the pack with this defense. That's that should be enough to make the playoffs as long as you're protecting the football as well, which they are. So uh, I don't know. It's again, Teddy is not the long-term answer, but it's not like it's completely incompetent and he is putting this team in a detrimental position week after week after week, putting the ball in harm's way. Right. Yeah. He plays to the very strength of this team that you don't put the team into, like you said, a, a bad situation, especially on the defense that you're not just, giving up easy points. When these, when these are close games, you, you let the other team make the mistakes to lose the game. Yeah. You don't make the mistakes, you know, now better teams, if they don't make mistakes, they're going to win for sure but you're going to be able to, like I said, sneak a few of these. I mean, the Chargers, I think the Chargers are a better team than the Broncos, but they got a, a couple big lead. turnovers. It's a matchup. And lead, yeah. Go ahead. yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, you're right. It, it, and they do, they match up well with, against them. Uh, they were able to get some pressure. They were able to get a couple turnovers. They were able to run the football. And like I said, when you can do that and force them to make other mistakes and not let you make the mistakes, you're going to win some games and you're going to be right there in the playoff race. 
no, absolutely. Uh, that's what we expected. And hopefully Teddy can be the bridge over some water <laughs> to an Aaron Rodgers or a Russell Wilson after the season ends. But, uh, you know, that's, that's what it was always, that was always the plan, um, for this team. And, uh, so far, I would say they're probably right where they expected. You do really wish, in hindsight, the Broncos could have won one of those games against the Steelers or the Browns to have that one-game uh, wiggle room. And if the Broncos played the Browns or the Steelers right now, I am very confident the Broncos come out and win that game, or at least play it better than they did in those two matchups. This is a better team than what you saw those weeks, uh, no doubt about it, especially with their offensive identity. And the def- I think I mean, the defense has totally uh, taken huge step forward since that Dallas game kind of galvanized once Von Miller was traded. I don't think there's a correlation there as far as Von Miller's play. Maybe something that's emotional making those guys step up. But, uh, okay, Carl, we don't have very much time left. We're not going to see you again until next week. Got to yep. hear some Cincinnati game thoughts from you. Uh, Must-win game. Tough one. Uh, Bengals are coming off of a heart heartbreaking game where Joe Burrow made an amazing comeback. Jamar chase down the sideline touchdown. And then they blew it. Jesse Bates drops it to interception. That probably wins them the game. Uh, Bengals are wounded. They're tough, but like you said, a high variance team can the Broncos win this game. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, it's, it's kind of what the, the 49ers did in this last game is a lot of what you got to do is the Broncos in this one. Like you've been saying, if the Broncos can get that early lead, if they can do well in the first quarter, there's a really good chance they win this game. If they can actually continue to lean on that run game, uh, it's it, it just does well for them. And Joe Burrow, he's kind of a little bit all over the place at times. I think he's I think he's a really good quarterback. I wish he was on the Broncos because he makes some incredible throws. And Jamar Chase, man, it's going to be fun to watch him go against some of these cornerbacks for the Broncos. Yeah. You know, Patrick Sertan. Uh, Darby is another one that I think is going to, that's just going to be a fun matchup to watch them. And, uh, I think it, if the Broncos can contain him from having more than one big play. I think they can contain that offense. And then, like I said, the other big thing is the edge rushers have to stay disciplined. Malik Reed teams love to run at him. I don't know if he'll play this week or not. We'll kind of see he missed this last week, but you know, he struggles of containing that edge. And if you let Joe Mixon get to the edge, Good luck. That guy's going to make you pay big time. I think he is. Is he second in the league in rushing right now? Third? I, I believe so. Okay. He gets a high volume, very high volume, maybe even too much. Um, there, people get mad about uh, Pat Shermer, rightfully so. Run, run, pass. Um, it's not very conducive to moving the football in today's NFL. Uh, but man, even to a, a the nth degree, that has been the case for Zach Taylor and the Bengals. And I know that Bengals fans, few Bengals friends who are in the uh, more analytical side of things, screaming <laughs> about the usage of Joe Mixon when the pass game has been super efficient, especially on first down. They just, they continue to run Joe Mixon on first and second down. That being said, we saw it only, we only saw it a little bit this last week, but I am in a close game. I am scared to death of this Broncos run defense. Uh, Mike Purcell and Shelby Harris are getting displaced pretty consistently at the point of attack of uh, that second quarter with that. I can't even think of the running back's name right now. Cause he's so far down the depth chart gashing them. Uh, they didn't even have Frank Ragno out there. They're gashing the interior offensive are the front seven of the Broncos defense. Um, everybody's favorites. Who's been a good player for them, no doubt, but everyone's favorite, uh, Kenny young who hopefully can play this week. Cause it gets drops off after him, but he was getting washed out. Baron Browning was having some struggles as well. Uh, Cause they were running at him rather than asking him to chase somebody down. So uh, Bengals are better when they pass the ball, but Joe Mixon and that run game can be a problem for this Broncos defense because they're the worst. The worst. Everybody would say the Broncos pass offense is the worst part of this team. DVOA, EPA per play, 
all the metrics say it's Broncos run defense. That's the weakest area of this team right now. Yep. And then the other big issue that I do have that, that makes me nervous. Bengals can get after the quarterback. <sighs> Does Trey play? Trey Hendrickson is one of the most underrated pass rushers in football. So good. Yep. Go ahead. Sorry. Yep. No, you're right. I mean, I think he's had a sack in nine straight games, something like that. And he's never heard of, nobody talks about this guy, but he really is one of the better pass rushers in football right now. And going up against Bobby Massey and even Garrett Bowles, if he goes up against him, those guys have been struggling a lot more lately. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if they're still having some lingering issues from their injuries and the sick bug and all those kind of things. They looked a lot better before that. Now mm-hmm. I think they're slowly getting themselves back into shape. Yep. Yeah. It's, it's a concern and it, it was because of game flow. It didn't really get to see it rear its ugly head in this last game, but they were getting pushed out, pushed out of the way in that uh, Detroit game at the point of attack. I mean, the Broncos, uh, rush defense DVOA this season is bottom 10 in the NFL. Their uh, rush defense EPA is also um, really poor. So uh, they, they scare me a good bit. And uh, it's weird how the good the Broncos, they kind of really good pass defense right now. Great back seven defensive line is not getting it done. Yeah. Both in uh, besides Draymond Jones, but uh, the edge rushing pressure, et cetera, not getting it done. And then you have the Broncos pass game, not really getting it done as far as volume. Um, they're just, you know, it's like, a, I like to reference this. Uh, you ever seen the movie hitch? with uh, Will Smith yep. and Kevin James. They're sitting there and of it's course. like, okay, none of this, none of whatever the Q-tip and throw it away. I'll make the fire. None of that. This is your happy place. This is your zone. And that's, that's what they're asking for Teddy Bridgewater <laughs> right now. That's about it. Um, that's all you really need yep. right now. Um, <laughs> until a push comes to shove. Uh, but I, I, the Broncos rush defense scares me. Luckily, luckily, none of these teams are very good uh, rushing the football uh, from an efficiency standpoint. The Chiefs have a really good efficiency. They don't run the football. They probably should more than they are right now considering how much Patrick Mahomes seems to be struggling against, especially two high shells. Uh, but um, none of these teams, I think, can really bully the Broncos like most of the teams the Broncos have lost to this season. Yeah. Now, the the big question, who has the worst special teams? Oh, it's, I'll be honest with you. When I scout teams, I do not scout the special teams. I click fast forward. And <laughs> well, uh, so I, okay. I could not tell you. I, I, I say that because the Bengals had a lot of problems this last game against the 49ers. Uh, that, that was right there at the end of the half. Yeah. Uh, they punted to them, looking like they're going to have like a minute to go down and score. Looks like the, the Bengals are starting to get a little momentum. Boom. Fumble on the punt return. 49ers recover. Uh, end up turning it into a touchdown. Yeah. And it, it was just a whole whole mess of things that they end up doing there. Because then they had them on a fourth fourth down. And they got a unsportsmanlike penalty on top of that. So it just, that the whole end of the half was just really, really bad. Like people talk about the Broncos and some of the end of the half stuff they've done. I think that was some of the worst that we've seen all year was what the Bengals did against the 49ers. Yeah. Uh, but so, yeah, th- that could be another big thing. in this one is who has the worst special teams, you know, because y- you got to win two of the three areas. And unfortunately, the Broncos have been losing special teams most weeks. And we saw it against the Chiefs, how much that hurt us. You know, the offense wasn't scoring points, but special teams completely destroyed any chance of a comeback. Yeah, I just uh, special teams here talking about special teams in Ohio. I saw everybody's native son. Uh, oh, gosh, everybody's favorite Andy Janovich take a onside kick off the off the face mask and just turtle uh, T-Rex armed it. Not them. Broncos Broncos got a pick in return for trading a fullback in this economy. What kind of crazy time do we live in? The only one that's worth it is Kyle Juszczyk. The rest of these guys are replaceable, unfortunately, in today's NFL. But um, 
Yeah, you you said it, Carl. I mean, I just I don't know about the Broncos special teams versus the Bengals. I do remember it was kind of a comedy of errors there for them down the stretch. But the thing that scares me the most is that if it is a close game, Broncos have won what one close game this season? Um, in that red the uh, ooh, almost said it. Ooh, man, somebody had to censor me. Washington, uh, Washington football, football team. team. Excuse yep. me. Uh, ooh, man, almost, almost on Santa's naughty's list. Um, but uh, no, Washington football team. Um, they uh, that was a close game to one, but everything else has been uh pretty much either a blowout or getting blown out. There just has not been that many close games. And I'm scared that this Bengals game is going to be close. And that means it's going to, at some point, rely on the drop back pass game, you know, third and nine in the fourth quarter, you have to get this first down. I just, I don't have faith in Bridgewater to execute that right now. And I don't have faith, faith that he trusts the pass protection uh, to hold up for him either. So I don't know, man. I just, it, it scares me. If it's, I think the Broncos should win this game. I think that the run game even though the Bengals are good at stopping the run, unless they totally overcommit to the the box, um, the Broncos should still be able to run the football. Um, but I just I, I'm getting a uncomfortable feeling. I'm just I'm I'm scared. I think it's maybe they've let me down too many times this season when I start to really believe. Yeah, well, we got Savage Boy Kev coming in here with a really good point on on Twitch, saying five for five in the red zone for the Broncos offense last game. I think red zone efficiency is really big if we want to win out. Yeah, that's exactly it. And we turned both turnovers into touchdowns, which is also huge too. Definitely got to take advantage of the opportunities that you're given. And, you know, the Broncos have been pretty good, actually, since Jerry Judy came back. They had the Philadelphia game where that was that was just bad all around. Red zone, they were terrible in that game. Um, and, you know, fell behind really early. Just a lot of things went wrong in that game for the Broncos to lose. And they still stood a decent chance even in the fourth quarter at one point. But we'll, we'll just kind of throw that one out there. But the rest of them, they've actually been very good red zone efficiency-wise compared to what I think a lot of people realize. Um, I think there's three of the last six games, they've been like 100% in red zone efficiency of scoring touchdowns. That's pretty darn good. Is that true? Because what about where, where did they get stopped on fourth down on that 20-play drive? I felt like it was very close to the red zone. It must be true. And it must have just been outside of it. I felt like it was like right Are on you the talking to the Chiefs game. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm saying only only like three of the last six. Because oh, the Philadelphia yeah, okay. game, they yeah. failed. Chiefs game, they failed. And yeah. I'm trying to remember. There's one more that I think the the Washington football team game. I think there was a couple of them that they failed at. Okay. Definitely remember a couple of missed fourth downs that were close to there. But uh, Gary Leeds Palmer saying, Carl and Nick, you rock. Uh, he Actually, uh, Nick, blank. And Carl, you rock. So I'm just going to leave myself out of that. Carl, you rock. Um, good for you. Um, we also got MHH for life coming from Andrew. Better late than never, Andrew. Good to see you. MHH for life. Go Nick, Carl, and Scott. The sunglass emoji. Back at you, Andrew. Sunglass emoji. Go Andrew Baker. Um, and uh, we got a comment coming in here from Gary uh, Lavy, Lavely coming here saying, we need to lose to get Kenny Pickett. Carl, where are you at right now in this quarterback class? Are you feeling any Kenny Pickett vibes? I know that I just saw that Carson Strong is preparing for the Senior Bowl, and he is going to be out of the bowl game, which is a major bummer because I was really looking for Caleb Ellaby versus Carson Strong in that bowl game. Oh, man. I thought he had said right after that last game that he was going to play in the bowl game. but Maybe the coach leaving changes things, and maybe yeah, also his agent be. was like, listen, buddy, that knee, nah, <laughs> no yeah. way. Um, so he's entering the draft officially and uh, going to be out. But uh, your thoughts, uh, you want the Broncos to lose yeah. to get Penny, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> I, I like Kenny Pickett. I really do. I, of all the quarterbacks in this draft, he had the most consistent season by far. Yeah. You know, he he made a lot of really nice throws, does well of operating a pro system. 
does well at actually going through progressions. He's got enough athleticism. He's got enough of an arm to be a, a real threat. I mean, I, I do worry about hand size. I know a lot of people are like, oh, my gosh, why are they talking about that stupid stat? But it is. It's a concern. NFL football is bigger than a college football, and he's going to have some of the smallest hands to ever enter the NFL draft since they've ever since they've been measuring hand size. So yeah. <laughs> that, that usually doesn't bode well for him. Um, yeah. But I think with this system, I think with these players, I think Kenny Pickett could be one of the few quarterbacks that could have instant success. Like he could come in as a rookie and actually do decent with these players. He wouldn't have everything on his plate. He wouldn't be asked to have to be the man day one. And and I think he could do enough to actually keep teams honest and, and make the Broncos relevant. Uh, you know, I, I think the same thing about Carson Strong, if his knee is is strong enough. I think he mm-hmm. could do enough with the weapons that we have here to, to do some pretty nice things. Uh, but I don't love any of them to want to go trade up for him. If they fall into your lap and you say, hey, let's take a risk, I'm good with it. Take a risk. Mm-hmm. It's a late first round pick is what it's probably going to end up being, or at least somewhere in the 16 to 20 range, or, you know, if they make the playoffs, you know, maybe a little bit more, but you say that uh, one of the desperation stops. makes some teams do some crazy things at the quarterback position. I mean, we had Christian Ponder and Blaine Gabbert going like the top 10 one here. So you never, <sighs> you true. never know. <laughs> um, but uh, teams yeah, talk Chris themselves Beach, into pretty, yeah. Teams talk de- themselves into some really stupid things. <laughs> desperate man, desperate at the quarterback position, which is why, you know, adding Teddy Bridgewater maybe wasn't great, but the Broncos went in the draft and not desperate at the quarterback position like they would have been. So um, is what it is. And yeah, Chris Beach. Wait, what? One of the smallest hands ever. Yeah. Eight and a quarter inch hand size. Uh, going back in mock draftables database to 1999, there have been 227 quarterbacks uh, having their hand size measured. And Carl, how many quarterbacks in that sample size, 227 quarterbacks dating back to 1999 have smaller than eight and a quarter inch hands? Was there one or zero? I can't remember. Zero. There's okay. One, there was one quarterback. One that's the same size. The same size. Yep. And yep. we'll see if he measures at eight and a quarter. You could have those like hand measure or the hand stretches. Like we had a Brandon Allen a few years ago where he added like three quarters of an inch with uh, some vigorous hand massages, <laughs> whatever the hell that is. Um, but uh, maybe I want one. No, I don't know. I, I guess I shouldn't yuck anybody's yums. That might be fun. Um, but uh, yeah, no, he has one of the smallest hands ever. It kind of scares me. Um, we talked about it last time and I'm kind of a little bit not upset at draft Twitter, but uh, I was like, Oh, Carl, man, Desmond Ritter. Maybe he's a little bit more hype than people should uh, be talking about right now. People are sleeping on him because uh, I, I don't know. You know, he is the engine for that Cincinnati offense and he's a little bit erratic yeah. sometimes with a touch, but he's a good athlete. And he's got a good arm and he has a lot of games under his belt. I get a little bit of Dak Prescott vibes, just, just a little bit from Desmond Ritter. Yeah. Um, and uh, I see a comment here from somebody saying people are sleeping on uh, Desmond Ritter from our Powell. Yeah. So, um, uh, Maybe not a sleeper. I know that the Falcons, there's some uh, interest later that they had some uh, crazy interest in Desmond Ritter potentially in this draft. So we'll see. Um, who do you want to be the quarterback next year? I would love it to be Rodgers or Wilson. You know, get get in line, right? But uh, that's the dream. Yeah. Yeah. I'm uh, I'm really sorry about that. I blame Chris. Chris really made that happen. Did did my face get uh, my face get really red there? And sorry, sorry we're talking so much <laughs> about hand size, Scott. I'm uh, I'm, I'm obviously not in the best headspace right now. We probably should need to get on out of here. I'm probably having a little bit of pre-flight anxiety for tomorrow. Flying with a cat. Oh my goodness. Carl, what am I doing? What am I doing with my life? Flying with a cat. Good luck with that. Yeah. Yeah. That, that'll be fun. I've never actually flown with an animal before, so mm. I, I don't know how that, that would go, but uh, I, my wife did one time and she said it did not go well. Like her dog like started just losing hair like crazy after the flight. Mm. 
I don't know what all happened, but uh, I think it is gets pretty loud because they had the dog down below. She didn't get to have it in her lap or anything like that. So, uh, but uh, yeah, it, it's like I said, I think you, you hope for one of those veterans because it instantly makes you Super Bowl contenders. But if they have to go to the draft, there, there's a few guys I don't mind. I don't like the idea of trading up for them and using lots of draft capital on them. But unfortunately, sometimes you got to overdraft for the quarterback and we'll, we'll kind of see how that plays out. I, I hope they don't even have to worry about quarterback when it comes to the draft. Yeah. I mean, I got to get on out of here, but I know enough by now to know that I don't know diddly. You know, the 2018 class was supposed to be very, very hyped up. And the quarterbacks that a lot of people were not talking highly of, uh, Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson, ended up being far and away the best quarterbacks in that class. Sam Darnold, Josh Rosen, Baker Mayfield, all of those guys not looking very good. This class, I mean, right now, Mac Jones looks like the best of them. So I think there really is something to, if you love a guy's intangibles and what they bring to the field as far as a character and intelligence side of things with with enough tools, uh, you can you can take a shot on that guy. I do get a little bit of, I do get a little bit scared when uh, taking a shot on a guy means that you're spending the next four seasons waiting to see if that guy is the guy. I don't really, I know that some of these guys need some time, but I also don't think you should be not giving them competition. I prefer the college method where like I bring in a five-star and guess what I'm doing next year. I'm bringing a five-star to take your spot. Like I, I want that attitude for the quarterback position. Uh, yeah. If you want, if you're good, go get it. Um, you should win then. Um, but we'll see. Okay. Alabama. Yeah. I mean, that's <laughs> the competition, man. It's really yeah. important. I know that they need the reps, but like earn the gosh darn reps. You know, yep. nothing should be given to you. I, I hate that. You know, like people like saying, oh, Drew Locke needed to be a starter in that game. It's like, listen, if he wants to be a starter, he has to go out there and execute when he's the backup, period. That's that's the job now. Go out there and do it. Otherwise, we have issues. Um, Nosh coming in, $20. Thank you so much, Nosh. Hey, bros, if the Broncos can't get Rodgers or Wilson, do you think they would overpay for Teddy? I don't think they would. I don't think they would. I think we talked about it a little bit on here earlier. Uh, Carl, what do you think? Would they overpay for Teddy? And what is an overpayment? Well, I think anything over 20 million is easily an overpayment. I'd say even over 15 million, I wouldn't want to go there. I mean, really, if you're looking at the contract that he's won, the 25 million, it's still bottom tier starter money compared to veterans. It's it's right around 15th in overall or in a yearly money. Um, Most of the rest of them that are starters are rookies below them. But I wouldn't want to pay it, and I don't think the Broncos would. I mean, George Payton has really shown he's not going to overpanic situations a whole lot. He, he seems to stay pretty level-headed, and I think they like Bridgewater, but I think they are going to do the, hey, this is what we're willing to offer, kind of like they did with Brock Osweiler. But they said, this is our offer. You can take it, or you can go out there in free agency and see if you can get something better. And, you know, if, if you can't, come back to us. If you can, hey, good for you, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, guys, we got to get in out of here. Nosh, thank you so much for the uh, 1999 super out of the gate. We appreciate you. Hope you're doing well. Happy holidays to you and your family. Um, guys, you can follow Carl and myself on Twitter. Carl is at Carl Bummer MHH and I am at Nick Kendall MHH. Uh, also make sure you're following us at BTV football pod and at mile high huddle. I know it's holiday season is pretty much here. And if you haven't done your Christmas shopping, you might be in some trouble, but it's never too late to give spoil yourself or some family members that are Bronco fans. Go to huddleuppod.com to check out the gear there for Mile Huddle. Support us and support us supporting the Broncos. So by going to Huddle Up Pod and rocking that gear. And if you do get the gear, send us a picture. Add us on Twitter. Carl and I's handles are right there. Let us see that you got something. We always really appreciate that. I've seen a lot of coffee mugs recently, and that's really it's really warmed my heart because that means Scott and my name is getting out there, and that's what matters, right? Not bringing you good content. We just want our name out there. It's it's all it's all about uh, 
increasing our egos. Uh, if you guys are on Facebook, please join us at facebook.com forward slash mile high huddle, as well as forward slash mile high huddle pod. Apple folks, if you're listening after the factory, you have an iTunes account, please go out there, leave us a five-star rating and talk bad about me. Cause I think that's my new favorite bit. I'm going to read all those ones where you talk smack about me, but give us a five-star rating too. Um, but say something nice about Carl. He, he needs it. I, I would give him a hug if I could. Um, <laughs> I he's having a good that. day, but just Carl's so huggable. Um, and you guys, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please subscribe, like, and share. Um, that does us a heck of a lot of good helps us so much. And with the end of the holiday season or the holiday season coming up, I know people are penny pinching flights, family, et cetera, gifts, but subscribing to the show is completely free and it helps us so much. So we would appreciate that so much. Uh, Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like? Got to go hang some Christmas decorations. I, I finally yeah. got my tree. Okay. And uh, so I got that hanging up in my, my living room already. And now I got to go decorate it. And yeah. I'm not a good decorator. I'm kind of one of those, like, just throw it on the tree and what sticks, sticks. The rest of it, don't worry about it. So we'll, we'll see if my wife appreciates that or not. Are you guys supposed to get uh, hit with the crazy storm tomorrow, too, with the wind? Yeah, it's supposed to get like 60, 70 miles an hour here. Mm-hmm. So not too crazy. I mean, we, we've had a lot worse than that for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not uh, not great. I think we might actually have to change our flights to uh, Thursday instead of Wednesday with that going on because uh, we have a layover in Denver and uh, that would not be great with the cat. And also wife has an interview. So um, guys, we're going to get on out of here. Good vibes to everybody. Uh, make sure you guys are over, hopping over to Scott's channel tomorrow uh, at YouTube dot com let me pull it up here real quick because we're gonna uh, scott's gonna talk a little bit of draft and everything at youtube.com forward slash c forward slash scott kennedy and he's also close to a thousand followers want to get there by the end of the season so make sure you're subscribing to scott's channel over there as well everyone have a great night uh, broncos are seven and six with four of the most important games i've had since peyton manning's been in the house so let's enjoy the moment right now before games left because you know once the season's over you're gonna miss the heck out of broncos football i know i am so appreciate those choose kindness happy holidays Go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going.